0: Welcome to the Unilever and Spark Change Innovation for Good podcast, a series exploring the people and ideas sparking positive change in the world. In this episode, we're talking to Jamie Luchek, head of Tazo and Portfolio Sustainability at Terra Americas about how Tazo is tackling climate change, one tree, one job, and one tea bag at a time and how accountability is guiding the company into an even more conscious, impact-driven tomorrow. Across the country, the climate story has become a tale of two cities. One, where communities of privilege are abundant in jobs and in trees. The other, low-income neighborhoods where foliage is sparse and so is employment. These sacrifice zones are where environmental racism rears its ugly head and why T-Brand Tazo is so committed to bringing climate justice to the public awareness. Tazo recognizes that the solution is complicated, to say the least, and has forged partnerships in areas related to reforestation, employment, and social justice in order to have the greatest impact. And while more and more consumers are plugging into these conversations, it's voices like those of Singer and Tazo Ambassador Siza that will help ensure the message strikes the right note at a time when people and planet need it most. I'm Jessica Rubino, Executive Director of Content at New Hope Network, and I spoke to Lucek about Tazo's mission that is steeped in climate justice and equity and how we can collaborate to create a healthier future for all. Well, I'm very excited to dig in. I've been admiring Tazo's work, especially now your work around really tackling climate and not just environmental issues, but human rights issues. So that's what we want to talk about today. And I want to start kind of at the beginning and hear a little bit about Tazo's founding vision and maybe how its mission has changed over the years.
1: Sure. So Tazo was started back in 1994 by a true visionary um, and a real force in the tea industry named Steve Smith. And when Steve started the Tazo brand, it was very deliberate with this idea of challenging the status quo. And for him, that meant many different things, including unique blends and bringing in ingredients from all around the world, putting them in blends that were now available on supermarket shelves in the US. At the same time, he had a deep commitment to the lives of the growers and the pickers and the farmers that were involved in Tazo's supply chain. As we have been working on this brand and deciding what Tazo is, is challenging the status quo for, it's very important that we're challenging the status quo to better society. We believe passionately that at this point, there's no place where the status quo is more deadly, quite literally, than the climate crisis. And this is something that's been disproportionately impacting Black, Indigenous, and other communities of color for decades. For for us, we don't see an area where there is social justice if there's no climate justice. And we also believe that as a brand, a a for-profit brand, we have a role in addressing some of these inequities that uh,
0: exist well thanks for that jamie i mean it's such powerful work and to hear that that evolution it's always been about challenging the status quo which definitely resonates with me being in the natural products industry i feel like that's what this industry is all about and to see that evolve from you know everything from the flavors and the types of tea you bring to market to really solving the world's biggest problems right now i think that that is a powerful message. And I'm curious, what does that, as you started to really focus on on equity and climate, why is that so important to you and your team? And, and what is the role that you truly believe Tazo can play in that? That's a great question and so important.
1: Race, economic, environmental equity, these are all connected and when people say what is climate justice it is very much this idea of of standing for social justice at the same time as applying the lens of climate change to that we've seen in the research that communities that are most impacted by racial inequity or economic inequity are the same communities that are most impacted by the effects of climate change we are trying to address that intersection and we realize that it's not just an individual responsibility to protect the planet, it's really, again, on the corporations and the brands to step up for these communities that are most vulnerable to this crisis. Um, We have started this most, perhaps, um, most explicitly with our work in the Tazo Tree Corps and then also by bringing in other environmental justice initiatives and partnerships.
0: So I'm I'm nodding, but um, our listeners can't see that <laughs> that I'm nodding or how how passionately you're speaking about this. But um, I, I know they can hear that in your voice. Jamie, there are a couple of terms that I think are really important to this conversation, and I was hoping you could walk us through what these mean as it relates to your overarching mission. One is tree equity, and one is sacrifice zones. Can you explain what those mean? Yes, thank you for
1: asking. Tree equity is a term created by our nonprofit partners at American Forests. It refers to the idea that all communities regardless of income or race or location, should be able to experience the same benefits that trees can provide. So the idea here is that you see some neighborhoods, these tend to be BIPOC neighborhoods, lower income neighborhoods, have fewer trees. And especially when compared to the whiter neighborhoods, even in the same zip code, this can have real consequence. Trees play an essential role in addressing climate issues like air pollution, flooding, temperature increases. Again, going back to that neighborhood comparison that I made in neighborhoods with fewer trees, you can actually see that they're 20 degrees hotter than neighborhoods in the same city with better tree canopy. Uh, Trees can improve public safety, mental health, public health, yet Due to, you know, decades of redlining and other historically racist policies, many of these, uh, these lower income and BIPOC communities have significantly less trees, as I mentioned. When we look at these environmental inequities, um, the term sacrifice zone is used to describe what has actually taken place. These neighborhoods are sacrificed as places where the heavy polluting industry, the highways, the you know large parking and, and asphalt and concrete buildings are are relegated to these communities, saving the beautiful parks and the trees and, and landscapes for whiter neighborhoods nearby. You, this becomes like a tale of two cities. Um, you can have very different social and environmental and, and physical outcomes in your life based on which of these neighborhoods in the same city that you live in. And we are working to address that inequity.
0: Wow. I'm, I'm so glad that you all are bringing this, as, as you called it, the, a tale of two cities to the forefront of these conversations around climate and equity. And gosh, we so take for granted the role that just trees play in, in the health of our communities and of our planet. So um, really, really great to get a better understanding of those terms and something that I wasn't that well-versed in prior to this conversation. So thank you, Jamie. And and I love how you're connecting the dots. It's really important to be connecting the dots between all of these things, you know, what what communities look like and the access that they have to to something as simple as as these beautiful trees within the community. And then also really looking at providing jobs in low-income communities. And you briefly mentioned, your partnership with American Forest. But I, I'd love for you to elaborate on that a little bit and how your work in combating environmental racism also ties to providing jobs in these low-income communities, which also provide also connects to bringing trees into these communities. So how is that all linked together?
1: Yeah, it's it's something that sounds simple on the surface and then when you start getting into it, it there's a lot more, right? So we've partnered with the nonprofit organization, American Forests to launch the Tazo Tree Corps. And this is a paid locally hired workforce that will train and employ individuals in five cities across the US in tree planting and then also caring for those trees and really advocating for climate justice. Um, Those five cities are Minneapolis, the San Francisco Bay Area, Detroit, Richmond, Virginia, and the Bronx. So this year we began by recruiting and hiring for the first three cities. So Minneapolis, the the Bay Area, and Detroit. And this is specifically looking for opportunities for members, like just people who live in those communities, are passionate about caring for their community, love the outdoors, um, are interested in the idea of, of planting and caring for trees. And they will be provided with um, so American Forest actually also works with a partner in their career Pathways initiative called davy tree uh, Davy Tree Experts, and they actually assist them in training and placing those applicants into these programs. And we are we're proud to say these are full-time employees. They are fairly compensated. The employees receive paid training benefits and wraparound services, including typical barriers to full-time employment like transportation and childcare.
0: Wow, so impressive, Jamie, thank you. And and really identifying the communities, it sounds like you've identified the communities most in need of this. Is this an effort that you're hoping to grow to even more cities across the nation?
1: I would love to see this it grow roots, so to speak, right? And we did look with American Forest to identify cities that had need and ability. So American Forest has a large network of grassroots partners, which help them in each of these communities. There are many communities where the need is great, but they don't have the ability to nurture a program like this. Um, the This is, Step by step, right? This sort of building building the solution and, and hoping to expand in years to come.
0: And to, to build off of that, it does seem like these partnerships that you've identified have been really critical in being able to, to build something significant together. I, I am such a, an advocate for within the natural products industry, finding those partnerships that can help us achieve our, our shared goals. There's a couple other partnerships that I was hoping you could talk a little bit more about. One is intersectional environmentalists, the second is We Act for Environmental Justice, and the third is Slow Factory. Each of those organizations seem to to play an important role in your work. Can you talk us through each of those and and why you identified them as key partners in this work?
1: Yeah, at Tazo, we are experts in making really good tea. (laughs) We are not climate experts. We're not social justice experts. Um, we're not climate scientists, right? So we needed to find the those people who have the knowledge, who have the passion, and who are experts in these fields and and find a way to support them and to learn from them. And our partnerships have really been rewarding in this in this respect. So with intersectional environmentalists. They are a climate justice community and resource hub, which centers BIPOC and historically under amplified voices in the environmental space. We've worked with them to support their first ever paid internship program. And this is created specifically to provide BIPOC LGBTQIA disabled and allied young environmentalists with meaningful work and sort of giving that first entry into the environmental professional space, giving them career opportunities and skills while being paid a living wage. And we were also really pleased and uh, grateful to be able to, to take part in their first ever brand accountability program, where we took trainings as as a as a brand team to understand how we could do better at centering those marginalized voices in the conversations, making sure that as we're talking about solutions, that we aren't coming at it from our own lens, but rather um, in partnership with the communities that we're trying to serve. With WE Act for Environmental Justice, we were able to support their their digital efforts, so they were able to take some of their training programs and expand them digitally. Uh, I think they have nine environmental health and justice leadership training programs, which this year alone reached over 500 participants. Uh, It's sort of a train the trainer model where they're teaching then these environmental justice advocates and leaders across the country how to advance the work in their own communities. And then most recently, just this past climate week, actually, we were thrilled to partner with Slow Factory to support their Open EDU program, which is an educational program. Online courses, people to learn about a variety of topics related to environmental justice. So this could be sustainability, anti-colonialism, regenerative design, and so many more. And these Open EDU courses are taught by people of the global majority.
0: I was taking a lot of notes as you were talking because all of this work feels so important. Um, I I wanted to, everything that you mentioned is so relevant to this conversation. I wanna make these resources available to others, others in the the natural products industry. And I I really appreciate the fact that you talked about just identifying your area of expertise and then finding those partners that can support in these other really critical efforts. And that brand accountability program, that sounds really, really fascinating. How long have you been participating in that? It
1: was a a one-time course that went on for several months, and we've actually been very excited to hear what's going to come next from them in this space because I think as we speak, the intersectional environmentalist team is sort of planning out what comes next in this programming opportunity of of brand accountability. So very much looking for what uh, round two could could look like. Yeah. Encourage... And I, I definitely encourage any brand uh, teams listening to this conversation today to reach out to intersectional environmentalists through their social pages to find out what might work for them.
0: Awesome, thank you, Jamie. And you talked briefly also about Climate Week. Congrats, it's done. I heard it was such a success. Do you wanna just explain a little bit about what that was and, the, and how it went? Well,
1: again, just- looking to find a way to amplify the voices of our partners in this space. And so we were pleased to be able to host on our Instagram, just a series of conversations with many of the partners that I mentioned here today and a couple others. Um, So all archived on the the Tazo Instagram, IGTV feed, but such firsthand stories from American forests, from WEACT, from Ie from uh, the the amazing Patagonia, for example, from Slow Factory. So a, a great learning opportunity for that week.
0: Awesome! Yes, we love Patagonia. We've <laughs> <laughs> we've had the opportunity to work with Patty on some of our events. So so amazing. And I actually think that that's a good a good segue into talking a little bit about how you communicate this message in a way that feels accessible that feels empowering just how you're talking about it now i think is so inspiring and encouraging but then to take it down it's kind of like okay you know this is scary these are big scary conversations that feel very hard for people to to grasp and also feel like they can have a voice in so Talk to me about how you communicate the Tazo mission in a way that you feel makes your customers want to take action rather than kind of retreat and how how we can all help consumers feel more empowered um, within this conversation.
1: Yeah, it's, when you talk about these issues, you know, social justice, climate crisis, you know, redlining, sacrifice zones, it feels overwhelming. and. And I, I also have to acknowledge that there are many different audiences and many different customers in this conversation. So for some of us, we, we are listening to things that are new information. And um, for others, this is everyday life, right? And so it can feel very different for different people. And we have to acknowledge that truth. I think in any case, Big, big, serious issues feel ex- more, you know, feel more attainable when there's a solution offered or a concrete action that you can take. So we do try to find ways to say, how can you impact change in your community? How can you use your for those people who have privilege? How can you use it to advocate for others who who don't? Um, our partners with have given us this opportunity to use our privilege as a brand to stand for those who are most impacted by these issues and we really want our audience to also find that that opportunity as well
0: yeah i love that i think both kind of aspects of that communication are really important using your platform to start the conversation right and get this You know, even these terms we talked about, make those more mainstream and widely understood, but then also be giving consumers really actionable insights and advice so that they feel like they can take all of this information that they're getting, this great information from you, and do something with it. And I'm curious how you do that as a company as well. I think being able to, you know, really measure your environmental impact and lead by example and What are you doing to make sure that you continue to make positive improvements in your company and the impact that you're having day to day beyond having these conversations?
1: It's a great question. We realized as we started these conversations as a brand team that it was important to hold ourselves up to external scrutiny and to be as transparent as possible and to to work with facts right so we we actually have been working with the sustainability consulting firm pure strategies to first audit our social and environmental footprint from end to end across our business I mean, we have many different production partners we have you know our ready to drink business we have tea bags we have you know uh, liquid tea mixes there's lots A variety in our Tazo portfolio, so trying to understand what the impact of all of that was, and then what is the strategy then that we can take now that we know where we stand? What is the strategy that we can take to ultimately improve where we are and to to do better? Um, What is that roadmap? And so we are actually right now overhauling our entire sourcing, manufacturing, packaging, our 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 full brand portfolio both from an operations perspective and a a product perspective to say how can we really stand for people and planet in a more meaningful way and we will have some really big news to share about this in coming months
0: oh come on you can't tease me with that No, I'll I'll simply say
1: you know not not to, to tease, but at the same time um, not to lean out too far over my skis. We we are trying to make meaningful change at a at a, an urgent pace, and so we're looking at our business and saying where can we make impact? You know, from a, a human perspective from amongst the lives of our growers and pickers and farmers and where else in our supply chain and our packaging can we make any changes in our product? Uh, What about our, you know, what climate goals, what science based targets can we hold ourselves to? So this is all coming together and will be shared in, in the near future.
0: Well, thanks, Jamie. I know that that is hard work, and it sounds like the team is really doing that hard work right now, so I really am eager to continue to watch this journey and for us to keep in touch on that so that we can provide updates to the New Hope audience on, on where you continue to go and lead within this, so thank you for that. and. I want to talk about what's next for tazo it sounds like we kind of covered a lot of that um, and more to come and we want to keep people posted we didn't talk about one thing that i think is really exciting that you're in the midst of right now and that's working with sisa i love sisa and i think that pop culture and music can really help to amplify this message how'd that partnership come about
1: yeah, so we are huge fans of Siza Hiratazo. Uh she is so talented and I mean has so many award nominations and and actual awards to her credit. Um we are all anxiously looking forward to her next musical release as well. She has this fantastic perspective as someone who is an avid social justice activist, who really cares a lot about sustainability and has been advocating for sustainability for quite some time, but also who has the the ear of the of our Tazo consumers. So you know, people who love the Tazo brand tend to be um, you know really passionate about these issues, and also. Ha- are part of her fan base and so we were very thrilled that she was willing to leverage her platform and engage her fan base to help us get the word out specifically about our tree Corps program to recruit applicants in those five cities that I mentioned Um, once again in case anyone's listening so that's the San Francisco Bay Area Minneapolis Detroit Richmond Virginia which is near and dear to our hearts as it's near our Suffolk Virginia plant which blends all of our Tazo products and then um, the Bronx so trying to reach people in those neighborhoods to say, hey there, there's an opportunity for you to have a paid job that can help improve the tree equity in your in your neighborhood.
0: Well, I love it, and yes, I love SZA, So to be able to, as you said, leverage her, um, you know, audience and platform to continue to tell these stories and get more more people engaged. So that's just awesome. Now, final question. It sounds like this roadmap that you're building for Tazo continuing to have meaningful impacts on people and planet. Anything else? on that roadmap or just with Tazo's future in general that you're excited about, whether that's the innovation pipeline or more of this climate justice work, what are you most excited excited about for Tazo's future?
1: All of it. Uh, so in, in the next year, we are really going to continue our efforts to bring climate justice to the public awareness. Like, what is this that we're talking about? Why is it so important? How can you get involved? So there will be continued partnerships with the folks that we mentioned here today. Also, we are, as I said, in the midst of this internal business transformation, which will become external and public in a very real way next year as well. So really looking forward to um, just continuing to, to make changes, both big and small.
0: Well, thank you, Jamie, and I want you to promise that I will be one of the first to know as these updates go public.
1: Well, Jessica, I think we can definitely spend some time together at Expo West (laughs) next year as well, Um, and we'll, we'll fill you in in detail.
0: Perfect. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. Thank you so much, Jamie, and thanks everyone for listening to today's Innovation for Good podcast. As you can see, Tazo is doing such meaningful work and there is only more to come. So Jamie, thanks once again for being with us today.
1: And thank you again. It was was really a fantastic opportunity.
0: Thank you so much.